James chapter 1, we're going to start off with uh, verses 2 through 8. Uh, kind of going on into a series. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about in a minute. James uh, 2 through 8 says, My brethren, he's talking to Christians, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, you might want to underline that, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. In other words, without bringing up your past. Oh, isn't that, I'm telling you, there's a message right, just right there. And it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything of the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now turn to uh, James 1, 12 through 18. Blessed is the man who endures, or sticks out temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted, uh, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one of you is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. King James says by his own lust. Then when, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, our faithful Father, with, with whom is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be the first kind of first fruits of his creatures. All right, now, last week I talked about the life of faith, right? Today I want to talk about the test of faith. Yeah, huh? Now, I, I, I know. This isn't a very popular subject. But I'll tell you what right now, this is, this is a word in due season for some, some of us. Amen? The test of faith. You see, it's not in the good times when your faith is put to the test, but in the trials of life. In the storms of life. See, trials and tribulation have a way of revealing and exposing true heart attitudes. Did you find that out yet? We've all been there. If you have a weakness in your life, if you have a weakness in your character, it will rise to the top in a trial. Guaranteed. And if your heart attitudes, if your motives are truly pure, it will be revealed in the fire of the trial. Now, it's in the trials, it's in the storms of life when it's revealed how much faith you have in the Word of God. In other words, it will show how much trust, how much strength, and how much comfort are you truly drawing every day from the Word of God. It doesn't, like I said last week, it doesn't matter how much of the Word that you have memorized but how much of the Bible you put into practice in your everyday life. 
Are you applying it to your everyday life? I, I'm telling you. It separates the, the men from the boys, the, the girls from the women in the faith. Amen? So I, I don't care if you can quote the whole Bible to me. You know what? Satan and evil spirits could stand right here and quote the whole Bible to you from Genesis to Revelation. But they're not doing anything with it. Amen? Let's look at James 1, 2, and 3 here. Let's break this down a little bit more here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into, into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You see, so many Christians run away from God in the trials of life. They run away from him instead of running toward him. They have the wrong attitude instead of viewing it from the word's perspective. Instead of seeing that trial through the word's perspective of what the word of God promises. Amen? Now, I believe this, that if we followed the instructions in the word of God, the results of our trials and tribulations would be more positive. Amen. This is why we have so many Christians get walking around giving our Heavenly Father a bad name. Because they go into a trial. They go into a circumstance. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. And then they blame God because, they're, because something's not coming to pass in their life. God, why aren't you doing this? And God's just sitting there just kind of chuckling, saying, follow the instructions in the book. <laughs> uh, amen. Because of harboring wrong attitudes and having a lack of faith toward the Word of God, we uh, many, many times forfeit the help that God wants to send our way in the midst of the storms of life. We, we push it away. God wants to bring them. But then here we go. We harbor unforgiveness. We harbor bitterness. We harbor all these things when the storms and the waves are crashing against us. And we just tie God's hands. When he, he's trying to bring that thing to you, but then when you harbor those things, he's I can't do it. Because you're outside of the boundaries of the Word of God. Now, the Word says that we are to count it all joy when we fall into, into various trials. Knowing that the testing of our faith works patience within us. Look at uh, James 1.4. Yes, you're still in a Word of Faith church, alright? <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. I'm telling you, it's good for you. Listen. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete or mature in the faith, lacking nothing. You see, patience, biblical patience, is not just a passive response to the trial. But rather, it's a positive steadfastness that bravely endures. It doesn't matter what hell's trying to throw against you. It doesn't matter the tsunami of junk that's coming against your life. You're steadfast because you know that your heavenly Father is faithful. But are you doing what you're supposed to do? You see, don't, don't put it in God's lap when he's put it in yours. Amen? See, so it, it, patience, biblical patience is not just passive. But it's a positive steadfastness in the storm. It's when you know your heavenly Father so well. 
you know that you are not alone and you're not forsaken in this trial. Oh, how many times could Paul give up? How many times could the disciples have given up and thrown away their calling because it was too hard? See, biblical patience. I know patience, it's, it's a dirty word in the Christian circle a lot of times. But trust me, if you, and you, just, you, you hold on to the anchor of God's word, you do what you're supposed to do. You're going to come out of this storm victorious. Amen? Amen. So, we need to view our circumstances from God's perspective, from the perspective of the Word of God. Now listen, listen to this. Some trials and tests are from God. Now, don't, don't go throw off on a tangent. Sickness and disease is not from God. Come to our healing service. Because... Sickness and disease, as you'll find out at our services, you'll find out in the Word if you read it on your own, that sickness and disease is simply a fruit of sin. What do I mean by that? Sickness and disease didn't enter the earth until Adam and Eve sinned. Sin was the doorway that allowed sickness and disease in. It was never in God's original plan, and it's still not in His plan. Are you hearing me? So don't go off on this tangent. Jesus took care of the sin problem on the cross, and He took care of the fruit of sin. Come to the healing service to learn more. But some trials and tests are from God. Some are from the devil, of course. And some are simply caused by us not obeying the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're, we're just our own worst enemy. Amen? Go to, uh, uh, go to Acts 27. I want to show you something here. Acts 27. Double-mindedness don't come from God. Amen. Acts 27, 20 through 26. The apostle, the apostle Paul and the crew on a ship ignored the warning of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest or storm beat on us, so there's a big storm, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food... Then, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should, look at me. It says, Men, you should have listened to me and have not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. The Holy Spirit was trying to give a warning. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. So, verse 21 reveals the Holy Spirit was, was putting a little tug in Paul's spirit, saying, don't go, don't, don't do it, don't do it. And the men on the ship didn't listen to Paul, and Paul finally said, fine, I'm going. They ignored the voice of the Holy Spirit. And they come up against this trial here. Now, I'm sure the Holy Spirit would have told them when to sail. I, I found this out. The Holy Spirit is the best weatherman around. Amen? But thank God for his mercy. 
and grace to pull us out of the pits and traps that we have made ourselves. Amen? Now, verses 22 and 26 shows us that God sent Paul an angel to let him know that there would be no loss of life, even though they ignored the promptings of the Holy Spirit. God sent an angel to Paul and said, Paul, there's not going to be, a, you know, no loss of life, all right? And then Paul said, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Do you believe God just as it was told you in his word? Amen. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Some of you are saying, but Paul had an angel visit him and give him that message. I would have more faith in my trial if God sent me an angel. How many of you were thinking that? Be honest. Well, you probably, now that I mentioned it, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. This is where you're getting tripped up. Because we have the written word of God to draw faith, strength, and comfort from. If you're not going to draw it from the word of God which abides forever, you're not going to get it if a stinking angel comes down and visits you. Are you hearing me? And listen, okay, you want more scripture to back that up? Luke 16, 27 through 31 talks about Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man was in hell and he, he wanted Lazarus, who was in Abraham's bosom, to be raised from the dead and warn his family not to come to hell. And Abraham said this to the rich man. He said, no, if they don't believe the prophets, if they don't believe the word of God, they're not going to believe if a dead man's raised and tells them. That's scripture. That's a pretty, pretty strong statement, isn't it? Now, yes, God could send an angel in the midst of a storm and give you a, a, a message. Yeah, he could do it. But don't seek for that sign. Amen? You don't need that sign. We have the written word of God. Amen? My goodness. There's some heaviness in this place today. <laughs> Are you sure you emptied it all off in here? Come on. Come on. Are you sure you emptied it all up? Oh, ooh, that stinks in there. There's a lot of garbage. Maybe some of you need to come back up and throw some more junk in. I'm telling you what. I'm getting that deer in the headlight stare again. Amen. Listen, people are always looking for the sensational. And by doing so, they turn away the supernatural. They overlook the promises that are in the written word of God. They, they want an angel. They want something. They want a, a, a lightning bolt. To, oh, God. They want to lay the fleece out. They, you know, I, come on. They, they lay a little, little blanket out, you know. I mean, this is New Testament times. Now they're laying a blanket out saying, God, if this is wet in the morning, I'll do this. If it's not. No, you have the written word of God and you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Amen. Now, another trial that Paul went through was when him and Silas got thrown into prison for preaching the gospel and casting a demon out of a psychic. Are you hearing me? That, I, how many of you know that's a trial? Acts chapter 16, read it for yourself. Did they complain and get angry at God? No, they started praising God in the prison. And what happened? The power of God came and shook the place. And they were set free. Their circumstances changed. Why? Because they passed the test. They passed the test of faith. Now the question is here, applying it to your personal life. Will you praise God in your trial or will, will you abandon him? 
James 1.13. Let's go back there. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God does not tempt any person with sin. But he does test us to reveal our true heart attitude. Don't, guys, don't think you're walking along the road and you stumble across a playboy. You say, oh, God's trying to test me. No, he's not doing that. He didn't put that in your path. Are you hearing me? Oh, this pop-up on the internet. Oh, God's trying to test me. No, God doesn't tempt you with sin. Are you hearing me? God will never tempt you with the bait of sin. Temptations of sin are from the devil and the flesh, not from God. Have you passed the tests that have come into your life? Now, listen, there's a difference. I didn't say, did you get through it? I said, did you pass it, the test? Of course, trials won't last forever. You'll, the, the trial will eventually come to an end, but did you pass the test? I'm, tell, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hitting a bullseye in the spirit today. Did you maintain a proper attitude during it? Did you stay close to God and his word in the midst of it? Or did you harden your heart and fall into sin? Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 9. says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance. Say inheritance. inheritance. I like that word, don't you? Incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. You can never outspend God's inheritance through Christ. Oh, that's good. And that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, come on, here we go. We're getting into it now. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, you might want to underline that, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Do you? Though now you did not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full, full of glory. Do you? receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, listen, when you go through a trial, the trials from God, I'm saying, he, he, he'll put you in some spots, and I'll prove it to you in Deuteronomy in a moment, the wilderness journey. But listen, God in these times are te is testing the genuineness of your faith. Is it for real or is it fake? Is it for real or is it just all talk? <laughs> this is where the rubber meets the road for the Christian. The trials you suffer for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ is well worth the hassle. You need to keep your eyes on the prize in the middle of the test. Amen? 
See, a lot of people abandon. A lot of people abandon God. And they're like the children of Israel in the wilderness because their hearts are hardened and they refuse to deal with the issues in their life. Many people don't want to go there. Hurts, too bad. Don't want to go there. But I'll tell you right now, you'll go around that mountain until you work on those things. Remember this. The length of the wilderness journey in your life depends on you and your willingness to deal, deal with the hindrances in your life. So many people, God, take me out of this wilderness. Take me out of this wilderness journey. And God's saying, it's up to you. I have to do this to you. Because, come on, you're not mature enough to handle the place I want to take you to. Because if I took you to the place, the promised land now, you're, just, you're, you're gonna stray from me. Your heart is not right. Let me say this to someone right now. Money in itself is not wrong. The love of money is wrong. You see these people who win millions out here. They, and, and, and they go astray. You know, they were Christians, they win millions, and then, boy, they just go off and, and just havoc hits them. Boy, they, they abandon God. Well, I'll tell you right now, that money didn't bring it on. That money just exposed what was in their heart that they never dealt with. That's some good preaching. So the length of the wilderness journey in your life depends on you and your willingness to deal with the hindrances in your life. The children of Israel, I'm convinced, the children of Israel did not have to circle the mountain in the wilderness for 40 years. But they did because they continually hardened their heart toward God and failed the test that was set before them. Constantly. They failed it miserably. Remember this. The wilderness journey for the Christian is God's testing grounds for the Christian. Boot camp. Spiritual boot camp. How many of you know boot camp's not fun? But when you got through it, it was good, wasn't it? Especially going home on leave. And I'll tell you right now, God's boot camp, it's maybe not pleasant going through it for the time, but when, it'll be well worth it when he takes you into the promised land. Some of you are saying, what's this wilderness journey you're talking about? When we sit, refer to the wilderness for the Christian, we're talking about a place where there are things in your life that need to be dealt with. And it's God's testing ground. It's God's spiritual boot camp to whip you in shape spiritually. Now, God's a good God. Like I said, he's not trying to, sickness and disease is not from him. Are you hearing me? Okay. A family member dies of cancer. A family member, no, I'm not talking about, that's not from God. That's from the devil. There's other ways that God can test you other than those things. Amen? But I'll tell you right now, it's not an easy place to be, and it's certainly not a fun place to be. How many of you can attribute to that? How many of you feel like you're going through a wilderness right now spiritually in your life? Amen. Those of you who are honest, thank you. I, I'm serious. The wilderness journey in the natural can feel like a very lonely place. It's a place where you're being stretched to the max in the spiritual and in the natural. God is testing you to see if you will be obedient to him. 
and if you will remain faithful to him. I, I tell you right now, talk is cheap. And God knows the difference between good talk and a good walk. Amen? I mean, it don't matter how, how, many, te- how many tears you shed when you're in the wilderness. Begging God to take you out of it. He cares more about your heart. Are you hearing me? Because in the end, he knows if he takes you to the place where he wants you to go, because he does have a future and a hope for all of us. Are you hearing me? He has a, he's a good father. He has good plans. But any father in the right mind wouldn't give some rebellious kid a whole bunch of blessings. Are you hearing me? The prodigal. <laughs> Amen? I know this isn't a popular message, but work with me here. Amen? He's testing you to see if you'll be obedient and if you'll remain faithful to him. Sometimes, sometimes it's a job. I, I worked in the secular job after I graduated Rama for a year. I, there was a year from the time I graduated Rama to um, got this position here. I'll tell you what, that, was, that year felt like five years. And if anybody of you know about Rama graduates, we have a fire in our tail. After graduation, I'm telling you, I mean, it, it, you can't get into a ministry position quick enough. Are you hearing me? The wilderness journey. The wilderness journey. Now, listen, if you don't pass the test, I found something out about God. He'll give you a retest. If you don't pass the test, you will continue to go around the mountain until you pass the test. And I'll tell you, when you're in the mountain, it don't matter if you're running from God and you have everything in the world, there's no peace. None. None. Zero. Why, Why do you think you see all these millionaires who have no peace? Money's not bringing them happiness. Why? Are you hearing me? They're pr- trying to put a round piece in a square peg. Are you hearing me? It don't fit. It don't fit. But God will give a retest. He's so generous. Quite often, the wilderness journey takes place right before there is a new season beginning in your life, a breakthrough in your life that God wants you to move you on to. It's a preparation time. It's training, like I said, before he takes you into your promised land, into your call, into your calling. Amen? But how you act, how you respond, how faithful you are to God, how faithful you are into the place that he's put you will be determined if you're promoted or not. So many people are looking to men. You go to your work and you're looking at your boss. Boss, give me, a, give me a raise, give me a raise. Well, you know what? If you would shut your mouth and do what you're supposed to do, God's going to promote you. Are you hearing me? I'm serious. We're, we're looking at man too much. The Bible says promotion comes from the Lord. But fine, you can keep looking at man, but I'll tell you, you failed the test. And you'll just keep going around the mountain. You'll stay in that spot where you're miserable. And God's saying, hey, I'm, I'm just waiting on you. 
Because you're in no position to go where I want to take you. I'll tell you that right now. Any loving father, any loving father, any loving parent, like I said, is not going to bless a rebellious kid. And if you do, you're nuts. You're enabling them to go run amok in the devil's territory. Are you hearing me? That's what, I'm, I'm, there's parenting 101 there for someone, I don't know. Amen? God is more concerned about our hearts and our spiritual aspect more than he is your comfort zone in the natural. As where many Christians are more concerned about their comfort zones and put little importance on their hearts, little importance on their character, and little importance on their spiritual well-being. I'm telling you, smile at me. I know, it hurts. Doesn't it? I'm serious. This is not a fun message, I know. But I'll tell you, if someone, if, if someone will just take hold of it today and run with this and know that you are the one who determines if you stay in that wilderness. You're the one who determines if you stay in the pit. Amen? Hallelujah. So like I said, I can assure you of this. God will take you around the mountain as many times as needed. He'll take you on that testing grounds as long as it takes to purify you, to get your attention, to change those things in your life that are hindering him from fulfilling his plan for your life. Now, let's go back. I showed you. I'm, I'm going to give you more examples here. I'm almost done. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm not every message is going to tickle our, our ears. Amen? But I'll tell you what, it's the best thing. It's the best thing for us. Deuteronomy 8, I want to read verses 1 through 9 and then I'll break it down. Every commandment which I command you today, you, this is God speaking. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all, all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not, the genuineness of your faith. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make, make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should, you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son or instructs his son, so the Lord your God chastens or instructs you. Therefore, you shall not... You shall Keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him and to reverence him. Fear means reverence him there. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water and of fountains and of springs that flows out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's break this down now. Let's, we're talking about the wilderness. I'm talking about the test of faith. 
Verse 1, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord, uh, the Lord swore to your fathers. It says, be careful to observe God's commands. When you don't feel like it, even when you don't feel like it, observe his commands. And when you don't, when you don't feel like it, I'll tell you right now, before you make a step in the step of sin, you better count the cost. Because sin costs you something. Even if you don't see the, the results immediately, it will cost you. I'm telling you right now, you better count the cost. Sin will cost you big time. God just doesn't, it says here about possessing the land, go in and possess the land. God just doesn't want us to go in to the good land. He wants us to possess it. How can we turn that over to a New Testament application now in our lives? God just doesn't want you to know what the word says. He just doesn't want you to know his will. He wants you to possess it in your life as a Christian. He wants it to be a reality in your life. And it depends on you and me. So not just go in and look at this land. Oh, this land looks great. No, he wants you to possess it. He wants you to take hold of it. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Verses 2 and 3. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all these all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether he, you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you. What's the opposite of humbleness? Pride. Old pride will take you into the wilderness real quick. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So verse 2 talks about the purpose of the wilderness journey, and it's right there, laid out in the Word. This isn't Pastor James' uh, breakdown on it. This is the Word of God. He said to, the wilderness journey is to humble us, to test us, to know what's in our heart, whether we would keep His commandments or not. Always remember this. A lot of you think of God's commandments as, oh, legalism, oh, we got to do this, don't do that, do this. Oh, okay, just remember this. God's commandments are stepping stones. They are the pathway to blessings. They're stepping stones. Fine, you, if you choose not to walk on the, on the stepping stones and go higher spiritually, you, you don't have to. But what's the alternative? Amen. You, you can think it's legalism all you want. You'll be lost in the dark of sin. Plain and simple. Amen? But if you will follow the stepping stones of God's commands, if you follow them, if you observe them, careful to observe them, you will be blessed and have blessings without sorrow. There's a scripture that actually says that God's blessings, God's blessings when you have God's blessings, they're added in your life without sorrow. Amen? How many of you, you know, it's good to, good to have blessings without sorrow added to it. If you forsake the commandments of God, you're on your own, and you're forced, forced to take whatever the devil, evil spirits, the world, and circumstances throw your way. That's it. Now, verse 3 goes on to tell us that the wilderness journey 
is a place where God is trying to get you to rely on him and him alone. If you got too much of self in your life, too much of relying on your job, re, you know, your workaholic, whatever it is, you, you, you're relying on your own ability rather than God, hello wilderness, hello wilderness, amen? So God's trying to get you to rely on him and him alone, not in your natural abilities, not in your bank account, not on natural circumstances, but in God. Allow God to be your source. Do what you can do in the natural, but ultimately trust in God's ability. Uh, do what you can do in the natural, natural, but not when it supersedes your relationship with God. little wisdom there for you. Amen? But ultimately, you need to trust in God's ability to provide in your life. Providing that you are where you're supposed to be. If you know that you know you're supposed to be in a place, you can trust and rely that the provision's going to be in that place. If you're not, well, you better find out real quick where you're supposed to be. Amen? Because that will cost you too. Amen? Verse 4. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. The whole 40 years the children of Israel were in there, in the wilderness, they didn't have to go to pay less and get new shoes. I'm hearing me. 40 years. 40 years. Now, I know women wouldn't like that because they like new shoes all the time. I, I know. That's why you don't see many of those miracles today with women. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> I'm, it's just the truth. But that talks about how God will supernaturally provide for you if need be. He will. He will, even in the testing ground. Why? Because it's a test. He wants you to rely on him fully. He wants you. Did you look at the quote on the back of the, uh, the bulletin today? Where is it? Do you have one of those? Right here. This is great. True faith drops its letter in the post office box and lets go. Distrust holds on to the corner, corner of it and wonders that the answer never comes. Because you never let go of it, dummy. <laughs> Amen? You're not going to get a response if you're still holding on to it. That's why the Word of God says, cast your cares upon the Lord. Let it go. Trust Him to take care of it. Amen? You need to start believing in the power of God. You need to start believing in the goodness of God in your life. He's a good God. Amen? 5 and 6 says, you should know. In your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear, to reverence him. It talks about the chastening hand of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord. The wilderness is a place of correction. He's trying to correct you. There's some crooked places in your life. And he's trying to straighten you out. Uh... And it says to know in your heart that God loves you enough to correct you. If he didn't love you, he would let us walk blindly on this earth and be overtaken by sin and the devil. Amen? There would be absolutely no correction. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't have the witness of the Holy Spirit to know not to do something. You, you wouldn't have the word of God to know what to stay away from. Are you hearing me? That's the goodness of God when he's correcting us. 
But he's given us his word. He's given us his Holy Spirit to lead us on this earth. Amen? Now, the main purpose for the wilderness journey for the Christian is found in verses 7 through 9. Like I've been mentioning, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And then it goes on to say in verse 9, I believe it says that, that where there's no scarceness of bread. Why? Because it's the testing of your faith. He's trying to strengthen your faith, strengthen your trust in him. I tell you what, when you pass the test of the wilderness, you will taste and see that the Lord is good. It won't just be something you hear someone give a testimony and say, man, I wish I had that. No, dummy, if you'll just pass the test and trust God, you'll get through it. I like the word dummy today. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. See, God has blessings for you, blessings for me that we can't even fathom, we can't even comprehend right now. And the truth is, if we went into the fullness, fullness of it now, we would just mess it all up because we're just not ready for it. Amen? We're being changed from glory to glory. The Bible says glory. To, there's a change going on. Oh, there's a work going on on the inside of us. Every time you come, hear the word of God. Every time you read the Bible. Every time you bow your knees and pray. I'll tell you what, there's a work going on in you. It's a testing. It's a training ground going on. And I want to close on this. Uh, verses 10 through 20, I won't read it. But it gives a stern warning that if... When you receive those blessings and you forget about your walk with God, you let it slack, you stray from his word, you say that your own power, read it for yourself, if you say that your own ability, that your own power has given you these things, brother, sister, forget it, back to the wilderness. And I'll tell you right now, just as quick as those blessings came into your life, they can be taken away when you stray from the Lord. I don't care how many prophecies you've received about being blessed. You have a free will. And if you stray, forget it. Those prophecies, that's why I say prophecy is conditional. The prophecy that's on that wall back there is conditional. The prophecy that I received down in Jacksonville, if I decided just to run from the call, if I decided to run from my walk with the Lord, <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Amen? That's why I said when this outpouring began that we, now's not the time to slack. We need to press in even harder. Amen? Without Jesus Christ at the center of your life, those God-given dreams and aspirations will die. They'll fade away. And guess what? Like John Bevere talked about on one, one of the video series, that calling that you had is now God's going to tap someone else on the shoulder and say, Take up the slack because this individual is not doing it for me. Oh, my. So pass the test by staying faithful to God. Give him all the praise and glory and honor in your life. Live according to his written word. And let's get out of this wilderness. Let's move on to bigger and better things. Deal with the crap in your life. That's, that, that's coming from the heart of a pastor. Are you hearing me? Deal with it. Don't cover it up. Don't hide it. 
Whatever it is, if it's counseling, you need to go through deliverance, see us. We'll, we'll, I'll tell you what, we'll drag you, drag you through the ringer on deliverance. Amen? I'll tell you right now. We'll deal with your stuff. And we'll do everything we can do to pull you out of the wilderness and be prepared for what God has for you. Because some of you are just toting around so much junk. I'm glad Brother Scott brought that thing out. Amen? Oh, I'm telling you what. There, uh, that, that was a prophetic word. No, no, I didn't say pathetic. I said prophetic. <laughs> Amen? It, so just know this as I close, that you are nothing without God. You are nothing. Your life will go nowhere without the Lord Jesus Christ being at the center, the center of your life. It is only in him, the book of Acts says, that we live and move and have our being. Only in Jesus will the purpose for our lives come to pass. That's it. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. All the trash, all the junk. If we would just deal with our stuff, the kingdom of God could be advanced so much further in this place, in this area, in this world, the body of Christ as a whole. Amen? Now maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus the center of your life. You never made him Lord of your life. Today's the day of salvation. If that's you, you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come and just stand up here and I want to pray with you to make him Lord of your life. Now maybe there's someone in here, you, you said the sinner's prayer before, come on. You said it before, but Jesus has not been the center of your life recently or for a long time maybe. In fact, You've been giving him little attention. You've been giving the word of God little attention. If that's you, you want to rededicate your life today. I want you to come Just settle it today. Frankly, you don't know if you died right now. If you took your last breath and fell through the ground right now, you don't know if your spirit man would go to heaven or hell because you're not confident. You don't know. You need to come forward today and settle it. New beginning. New beginning with the Lord. Amen. Maybe you're a Christian. Boy, this Christian walk just been so boring. You've heard messages, and boy, you just you can't stay awake. It just, it's boring to you. It's, God, there's got to be more than this. Well, the more you need is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I want you to come forward get you baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's very simple. It's just an act of faith. Act of faith. Just as easy as you got born again. It's easy, that easy to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you need a physical healing in your body. Maybe you need a, an emotional healing. You need some kind of healing. Maybe you need someone just to agree with you in prayer for something. I'm going to leave this altar open if that's you. The rest of you just worship the Lord as the music plays. Tell the Lord you'll do whatever it takes to come out of this wilderness so you can be useful for God's work. And let him show you. Don't harden your heart. Let him reveal to you the areas that you need to be dealing with, the areas, the things you've got to let go of in your life.
Let him show you so you can be used, so you can be pliable in the master's hand. Hallelujah. I want you to close us out on, uh, or Shashi, there you go. Close us out on song number one. Uh, let's get out of the wilderness, amen? amen. Let's get out of it. Let, let's get to work for God. Let's deal with our junk. Number two, come back on Wednesday for the video series of Rodney Howard Brown. It's awesome. It's awesome, I'm telling you. You want a close walk with the Holy Spirit? Come Wednesday nights at 7. Sunday, come on back Sunday. Training Center. My class tonight is at Green Street. The Holy Ghost told me we, we got to go to Green Street to the prayer tonight. Amen. So come for Wayne's teaching here at 5. 6 o'clock, we're over in Green Street. Be blessed.